we're living through hyper-Bitcoinization regardless. Uh, and we can either, either we can t- try to make the transition a smooth one or a, a violent one. And I think this organization, that is what it does. It's making the transition smoother and it's helping helping Madeirans uh, and people around the world that want to want to live in a paradise island and be able to use Bitcoin. Welcome to the Freedom Footprint Show. I'm your host, Luke the Sudofin, and I'm here with Knut Svanholm. Today, we don't have a guest, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few things we have going on in uh, in our worlds. And uh, Knut, I know you've got a lot of uh, exciting things coming up. We talked about it a little in our last show, all these conferences. Yeah, I got uh, Bitcoin Amsterdam coming up uh, next week. And after that, a conference in Bulgaria on the 15th, uh, Saturday next week. And after that, the Liberty of Our Lifetime conference in in Prague, Czech Republic. After that, and after that, I'm taking my family to Madeira. So, yeah, we're lots of fun stuff coming up. Yeah, exciting month or two there. Um, at the time this airs, I think this will be right between, uh, we were just saying, the Bulgaria and the Prague shows. So did you want to talk a little bit about the, um, maybe you, because you're speaking at all of these, right? Yeah, doing in Amsterdam, I'm doing a, a keynote speak uh, uh, or speech, <laughs> keynote talk about um, Bitcoin, the idea. I'm planning to improvise that, so we'll, we'll, we'll know this. This is quite fun because this is pre-Amsterdam, and uh, this will be released after after I've gone there and made a fool out of myself. So that's that's quite fun. <laughs> so we'll see how that turns out. I, I intend to improvise a lot because I think I'm better at improvising than than uh, reading off of a script. Uh, I had a PowerPoint in Riga, but I, I realized that I'm I'm pretty crappy at making PowerPoints or presentations, and I because I I always tend to improvise uh, anyway, even if I got a script. So uh, yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've asked them for a guitar. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I get that too. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, building on the musical angle, have, have you done that before at any of these talks or something? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been playing guitar for Bitcoiners a couple of times. I, I think I played on a couple of pods, um, but nothing more than that. I have a, like a, a handful of songs. It's not an entire album yet, but I have a handful of songs that could be um, uh, that have a sort of a Bitcoin angle to them. They're not very explicitly about Bitcoin, but they're written during during the journey of hyper-Bitcoinization or during my personal journey. So yeah, hopefully one day I can I can compile them together and, and release, release some music again. I plan to do that at some point, but we'll, we'll see when and where that will be. 
Yeah, you know the um, the musical angle. I think is that's always been a, a thread in my life that I've really enjoyed, and I I've been keeping an eye out for Bitcoin themed music and Bitcoin themed musicians. There's a there's a metal band that uh, that yeah. is uh, doing some some a- Bitcoin what was the name? Abysmal, An- right? Anonymal, anonymal, uh, anonymal, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, anonymal. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're up on Geyser Fund, and uh, they're they're trying to to fund uh, their album. It, it looks like, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Bitcoin themed music doesn't necessarily have to be exactly on the nose about Bitcoin. Right? I think that's the, that's the problem with uh, with most themed music that it's too on the nose <laughs> uh if it's about a specific topic so if i if i do anything uh, if i release any new music uh, like it'll be subtly bitcoin themed but not on the nose <laughs> like that's the, the the angle i'll choose uh because like sooner or later everyone's going to be a bitcoiner anyway so it's 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 going to be weird to look back at this stuff i guess <laughs> um, people <laughs> calling themselves bitcoiners when <laughs> that will make very little sense to our descendants our that's kind of a funny point i guess too though hey with uh, uh if we do get the world to a place where yeah, as you say, everyone's a Bitcoiner by default, and no, one, so no one thinks of themselves as a Bitcoiner. Will, will there be this kind of mythology about the early days where people had to identify as Bitcoiners yeah, and yeah. Uh, bring this thing forward? It's sort of like being a metric systemist. <laughs> like then again, there are people that use other strange units, uh, but but. Uh, it's 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 kind of weird to uh, to view oneself as a literist or like a, a centimeterist or a kiloist. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny analogy. That uh, if everything goes well, um, everything will end up being just like the unit of measurement, right? Is that yeah, um, exactly? So so it is weird, but. But these are, are times that ought to be, uh, what's the word, be sung? <laughs> like, people ought to write uh, songs and, and uh, like, literature about, about this era because it's such a weird time to live during. Uh, it's like, for the first time in history, we, we, we're truly living without borders. Hmm. Uh, at least mentally at this point i mean there are still borders and like customs officers at in airports and stuff doing all sorts of weird old school statist bullshit things but uh but we have this video conferencing here i mean we're in different countries um the video and the audio works flawless there's not even a lag I did a pod this morning with a guy in Australia, and there's there's not even a millisecond of lag, which is just amazing when you think about it like that. That we all other side of the world, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this amount of data and all the things a, a program like this needs to do, like filtering out noise and and you know, and it needs to do it all in real time. 
and, and it's pretty weird that it works but uh, we have that and we have social media and we have uh, bitcoin first and foremost uh so we don't really have borders anymore we don't need to to uh we don't need to you know uh to buy into that fiction anymore we we don't we 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 can call them for what they are they imaginary lines <laughs> that that some some person came up with uh, some asshole that took land from your ancestors uh you know it's just it's just that we can call it for what it is, and we don't really have to pay that much attention to these things anymore. It's at least starting to erode, right? Because I think Bitcoin is a is a similar concept in that we see this end goal, right? But still, in reality, things are are not still quite there yet. But but working on it, I. Returning a little bit to, to the uh, metric system analogy, this is a little a little bit similar to the element zero um, analogy, oh, yeah. which you you just released an excellent video with Yoni Appleberg. Um, how how yeah. is the reception been of that one? Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, people love it, and the thing I'm most proud of is that Jörg Hemstorff likes it. Uh, the the originator of the idea that had this brilliant talk at the Value of Bitcoin conference in 2020 uh, that few paid notice to because like the Value of Bitcoin conference that year they were planning on having it in uh, Munich I believe and uh, then COVID hit uh, and the the lockdown bullshit policies uh, uh, so so they had to do it online instead and online conferences like. They tried to make that a thing, but I don't think online conferences will ever really become a thing. It will like be one of the offshoots. <laughs> uh, I mean, you don't really have to call it a conference. You can just do a group call. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of weird to just mingle with people online. Uh, I, I find it weird anyway. Are uh, Twitter spaces basically already essentially this? Yeah, exactly. There, there are so many... Uh, all of those things are, are exist anyway in in other shapes and forms. Uh, so so, but I, I I do think there's a point to meeting people in reality. I mean, like when we met in Riga, for for instance, it, it becomes another thing. And uh, of course, it's good to get to know people for real. So uh, yeah. A anyway, he had this brilliant talk called "The Last Money." Uh, which is basically the same idea as the Bitcoin uh, Element Zero video. Um, I guess, uh, of course, like everything else, it's a mixture of his ideas and my ideas. And like when when you're writing something, you're always standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, you, you take inspiration from all sorts of places. In this case, I I uh, took very direct inspiration from this talk, and I uh, because I wanted to popular popularize this idea. And I felt I had something to contribute because I, I, I choose other words than he than he did. Uh, I mean, he he's very German and engineering-ish, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's that's how you you ought to talk to people like like me. <laughs> uh, that's how you get my attention because I'm autistic enough to find it interesting. <laughs> but the thing I think I can provide is like a, a tool for him to communicate this 
to to a wider audience like my way of communing it, communicating it is is a is different from his and on top of that you have guys one's uh, pronunciations and especially Yoni's fantastic video which is just excellent and when we do these things we collaborate more and more so we uh, we're writing another one at, right now um, which is like a reworked version of, of one chapter from the book and also an article and it helps me flesh out what, what I'm going to talk about in, in Amsterdam it's called Bitcoin the Idea and uh, yeah like when we did the uh, Element Zero thing we collaborated a lot I mean Yoni sent me a very early draft and uh, I took notes and pointed out that this this section here doesn't flow the way it should and maybe you should change this uh, he reused the animation of like mathematical formulas coming to, to you through space uh, th that was all over the video and I told him like try to tone this down a bit and put in some matrix stuff instead everyone loves matrix stuff so you should put that in there here, when we talk about shares, you should actually use the the share meme where people are throwing shares at each other and like little things like that. And and you work together, and it's a very very uh, satisfying process. Um, yeah. So th this this ended up being because, as you say, your reach and audience will will be different to expand this idea, and of course, your way of of phrasing it, and then the video on top of that is. Is another layer. So, so was it, did yeah. it end up being the? It was it the same content as the chapter originally. Uh, we removed one or two sections from the mm. chapter. Okay. Uh, that that uh, sections that do well in text, but maybe not as well on screen. Like w uh, the, the chapter ends with. Uh, uh, I, I try to calculate the price of a Bitcoin per kilo. <laughs> mm. And that would have been hard to animate. And there's another thing that turned into footnote. Uh, there's one section that uh, I've learned since since writing the book. I've learned that it's it's wrong. It's probably just a rumor. And it's that this uh, the word "sound money" allegedly comes from when you drop the gold coin to the floor. Maybe mm. you've heard this. Yeah. But it's not. But it's not true. Or I can't prove that it's true. Oh, okay. Okay. But that that might just be a, a rumor or like some. <laughs> I know I've I know I've heard Schiff talk about that. Uh, yeah. Similarly, but uh, and it's one of his yeah. arguments for why Bitcoin can't be real because it can't make a sound. But I always yeah, and uh, that, that, that in itself made makes me want to makes me realize that removing it is probably the right decision. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to sound like Peter Schiff. <laughs> Funny, fair enough. I wasn't I wasn't mean to say that you, uh, you so, sounded so, like so, it, but, but yeah. no, but 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 anyway, I we removed that section since since I cannot verify that it's absolutely one hundred percent true. And this is how I think, because that's the thing: you write a book and then you release it, and then it's out there. And you can't edit it anymore, <laughs> but uh, of course you you can re-edit everything forever, <laughs> like, and it's sort of what Mises and these guys did. And, like, Human Action is is a compilation of all his earlier works. He mm. like, wrote the same thing all over again, uh, but tried to to use better words each time. So, like, the ideas can be the same, but you can refine them uh, in various ways. And I I think 
I, I follow the Trey Parker model for creativity, and that is be 95% uh, content with with whatever you put out there. Mm. Don't don't be 100% perfectionist. Be a 95% perfectionist. Uh, because otherwise, those last five percent will take you like two more months, and it, it'll become five percent better. So you better just release it and start working on something else, because you need you need flow in creative processes. You 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 as soon as you become bored of your own work, uh, like then you should probably just realize that it won't really get that much better after this point. You should move on to to another thing. That's fair. Now, I guess uh, on that point a little bit, have have you found your ideas changing between writing your first book, couple of books, and now you're now you're at uh, everything divided by twenty one? Have things changed, evolved over that time? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've changed my mind uh, since I wrote Sovereignty on, on quite a few topics. Um, the the most obvious one is the the the, the religion one, uh, where I view statism as. Uh, I I don't think to the same extent. I I had like sort of thoughts around around the same uh, similar thoughts in the past, but but now I view statism as probably the worst religion of them all, and that that was not. Not how I, I how I viewed statism when I wrote sovereignty. So I'm more of a hardcore <laughs> consensualist now than I was back then. Um, and furthermore, yeah, my my views on freedom of speech uh, changed a lot after reading Ethics of Liberty by Rothbard, which is one mm. of the most mind blowing books I've ever read. Uh, because he asks the follow-up question, freedom of speech, where? <laughs> and then you realize that, uh, well, if there's only private property, <laughs> which there is if, 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 if we have strong property rights, there are no public spaces, so there can be no freedom of speech. And I'm like, uh, isn't that a bad thing? Oh, it's a good thing. Like the, the property owner gets to, gets to decide the rules uh, of what can and cannot be said on his property. So, <laughs> so freedom of speech is first and foremost just a facade for for uh, an infringement on someone's property right. <laughs> and uh, that framing is just so um, yeah, it's mind blowing. Uh, <laughs> so, so I and I didn't have that insight when I wrote sovereignty through mathematics, and I think something along the lines of that would have been in there if I did. I think I mentioned freedom of speech and how important it is in sovereignty, when I really don't believe there will ever be such a thing as freedom of speech nowadays. So, so it, it in many ways I've become more hardcore since <laughs> since sovereignty through mathematics. Uh, I, I think. Uh, praxeology and, and um, the Austrian method is a better way for doing sci science in all sorts of fields than than I did before. I, I didn't really really know the power of it. I, I, I mean, I hadn't read any praxeology when I wrote Sovereignty to Mathematics. So I'm very mm. prou proud to have on my own come to the same conclusions almost as, as guys like Mises and Rothbard uh, because it's all, it's all in there, but uh, 
but I hadn't, I didn't know that other people had thought these things before I did. So, so, so I'm very proud of that. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, ideas thrive when challenged and they should be questioned at all times. Like that's, that's how you get move forward. I mean, both Einstein and, and uh, Stephen Hawking and all of these great thinkers, they, they, they spend more, half of their lives uh, uh, trying to debunk their own theories. And I think there's something very beautiful in that. Like you should never uh, let pride guide your um, conclusions about reality. Um, you need to set aside your ego and, and see things as objectively as possible in order to get to some form of truth. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fighting your own biases, that's what, what science is about. <laughs> uh, but it's hard. But uh, with the Austrian method, it's easier. <laughs> so you, you, you got these ideas out in your first couple of books, and then did you get some of this feedback, I guess, from the community, people reading the books, and then uh, you, you, could, you could take discussion yeah. and, and that and, and Absolutely. take them? Absolutely. Yeah. And the concept of Bitcoin as a battery, for instance, which is in the first book, mm. I don't think that's entirely accurate, and I wouldn't have put it in there now, I guess. Uh, because it's not really a, it's a, it's even better. It's more of an amplifier than a battery. Um, but yeah, so some of the metaphors I use, I in hindsight, I wish I would have used another metaphor. Then again, I don't regret. I find spending time regretting stuff is a waste of time most of the time. So um, it's better to move forward and and try to refine your thoughts over time. Um, but, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and with you, with you mentioning metaphor, right? This is one of those things that it's uh, it's another part of the we discussed last time. What part of Bitcoin is real and not real? And metaphor, somewhat by definition, is the same thing. What part is real? What part is not real? And I think a lot of people need metaphor and similar constructions to wrap your head around a concept there. I think I just used a metaphor there. Um, and, or, or to, to understand something. And so is, what was the frame when you were putting together these metaphors? Were, were you aiming it at people who would be trying to understand Bitcoin for the first time or? No, I, I never aim at a certain segment of, people I, I don't mm. do that I, I don't have an audience in mind when I write people tell me I should have but 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 I don't really have an audience in mind I just try to explain it as best as I can uh, explain my thinking I, I start with a couple of questions and then I try to answer those questions with as few words as possible and as uncomplicated words as possible uh, that doesn't mean that there. I doesn't. I don't sneak in a complicated word here and there because it's a complicated subject. So you you end up on using quite complicated words anyway. But your goal should be to try to make it simple to try to try to simplify. That's that's what maths is, right? It's it's all it is. You simplify something. Hmm. 
So that's and that's I guess that's why I like Twitter so much because it forces you to simplify things into these 144 characters, and I really, really enjoy that process. Like, what what's the least number of of uh, words I can use to describe something? But metaphors, like all language, is metaphorical. Like, like all language is a lie. There's 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 not. I, 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 we have a slightly different definition of each word. Uh, everyone does. Yeah. Because you, you, you couldn't have equal value. Like it's an illusion. So, so that it has to do with the subjectivity of value. Uh, so so uh, we value each word differently and we, we put a slightly different meaning to them. Even simple words such as and <laughs> or if or or, or like. We we have a slightly different definition, I think. Um, yeah, and and Bitcoin, these metaphors, they're they're all wrong because Bitcoin is not money, it's not a currency, it's not a commodity. It's uh, <laughs> like I said, of uh, an agreement between people on a fixed set of rules based on mathematics. It's all mathematics, really, and way of communicating mathematics, and like. The idea is, if we do maths this way, we could make it so that it's extremely hard to make maths to do the calculation in reverse. And if the calculation can only go in one direction, we could use that to solve the double spending problem, and then we could use that as money. But that, that, that like, you, you need to get over all of these steps in order to come to the point where it becomes something akin to money. So, so it's so many deeper layers before it becomes money it's it's just irreversible mathematics at its core <laughs> and that's uh it, it 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 puts it illuminates how how ridiculous laws around money really are because like every uh, w when you boil it down to its essentials and how it how it's just about communication and agreeing on a fixed set of rules and like mathematically sound scarcity like you realize that every law written around money at all is just an infringement and it's just criminal in itself like because all we're doing when we're doing a transaction in in sound money is that we're interacting with another person with consent that's all it is it's it's voluntary interaction uh there's no gun threat in there's no threat of violence involved and when we use fiat money that the, the opposite is is true there's always uh, a gun threat involved a threat of violence involved because if you don't pay your taxes uh, somewhere down the line some people people will guns with with guns will will uh, uh, show up at your doorstep at one point uh <laughs> So, so it's all, yeah. It that's what Bitcoin did to me. It pointed out that this this thing we call money, it's it's just communication. It's it's just it ought to be something better than what we have at the moment. And Bitcoin is that better thing. Uh, it's a better communications tool. The funny thing about that, when you talk about it in the context of language and mathematics and communication 
I this this is the the thing we discussed last time that I've been tossing around a little bit about how these things are still all abstractions and how mind-blowing it is that this thing that ultimately is computer code which is an abstraction in itself has created this model of scarcity which is as you say just everyone is agreeing on all of these same rules and yet it's having these real effects and then you add the proof of work mining aspect to it and it turns into a whole new thing this this came from proof of work versus proof of stake type um discussions and i'm still trying to figure out what part of this i haven't fully parsed yet because it, it i think for some people intuitively it's a a long journey to properly understand uh, proof of stake versus proof of work and centralization versus decentralization and all these complicated little things um but Bitcoin kind of had everything built in at the the start, and none of this stuff was actually thought of in advance. Not really. The goal was solving. You know, it. but we don't know that. We we don't know how much of a genius Satoshi was. Good point. If it was just if it was just like a blind hen stumbling on a gold pebble, or <laughs> uh, or if it was the 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 like super genius that he might have been that he had all this planned out in advance you, you don't know that and you don't know if it disappeared because of uh, voluntarily or or uh, like he was threatened or just hit by a bus you cannot know you don't know if it's one person or many persons and that's why i think like this cult of making satoshi into this hmm. yeah I, I think that's very dis destructive in a in a way because it's it's not some type of jesus figure it's it's just a guy that isn't there any longer and you for all we know he might come back one day and just uh, sell all his bitcoin and and go straight up to forbes uh, 10 richest people in the world world list we don't know that we don't know how many other bitcoins he has like maybe he's didn't stop mining maybe just hmm. used a different pseudonym and it's still out there and he is making a shit ton of money off of bitcoin how would we know we we can't but but it doesn't matter. He does not matter. Like, I, 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 it's more analogous to like uh, Pythagoras. Do you know anything about Pythagoras except for his theorem? Like, do you know if he was a friendly guy? Did he like hamburgers? I, I, I have no clue who Pythagoras was. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of information about Pythagoras' personality on Wikipedia. I don't know. But, but sure. the point, point being. You don't really need to know the guy. Uh, it's not the fisherman that is, that is be beautiful. It's the fish, and the same goes for 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 Bitcoin. Like it's a very beautiful thing. He discovered like one of the most important discoveries. He made one of the most important discoveries of in the history of mankind. Uh, but the discovery is more important than the person behind it. Uh, the idea is important. Like. Mm. And and actually, I think I think you bring up Pythagoras is an interesting one because 
that is a real simplification of the idea of discovering Bitcoin, right? A mathematical discovery would be the same idea, right? Yeah, but 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 Bitcoin is more than a mathematical discovery. I would call it a praxeological and a mathematical discovery, mm. and maybe even a physics discovery because of proof of work and like. Maybe even a chemistry discovery, as in element zero. Element zero. So, so yeah. it 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 ties together all of these different branches of science, and I, I think it's the perfect marriage. At at its deepest core, it's the perfect marriage between uh, subjective valuations and hard mathematics, which is like the praxeology and mathematics that it marries those two different realms. The, the science of the subjective with the science of the objective, um, which is mathematics. Like that, that's the best way we have of describing objective reality, and praxeology is the best thing we have to describe subjective reality. And this, mm. this is what Bitcoin is. <laughs> there's a Venn diagram now with Bitcoin in the middle there. So that's that's what it does so beautifully. And to the point about Bitcoin being code. And uh, mathematics, you can deep dive even further uh, and realize that computers com communicate not in hexadecimal or decimal, they communicate in binary. So at its core, it's just binary. It's just little on and off switches. <laughs> that, that on and off in a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So, so imagine that, like, how, how weird... Uh, and this is why I think the the uh, the idea that aliens would come up with the same thing is is kind of far fetched because like we we've actually found a way to agree on a fixed set of rules and interact voluntarily with each other by using tiny little on and off switches in a certain pattern, <laughs> uh, and that's just it's uh, mind blowing it's it's freakish yeah. i mean how how the fuck do you get from a to b there like uh what a what a spectacularly um fortunate chain of events that led up to that uh <laughs> yeah. no it's it, it's a great point and uh it just it makes it i think uh, all the more clear about what part of our lives is is ruled by this abstraction and agreeing to this abstraction and the choices made over years and decades that that lead up to these decisions and um well i guess i guess uh in terms of the part of this that uh satoshi foresaw i think the only part that maybe maybe we might agree on is that Satoshi probably hasn't gotten five master's degrees since July, but uh, that's uh, that's just me. Um, otherwise, I I was blocked by Satoshi earlier this week. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry to hear that. I mean, I'm uh, yeah, I'm devastated. Uh, I gave him a compliment actually, so I'm I don't know. Yeah, what happened. That, that's Satoshi invented almost everything else as well. So yeah, pity being blocked by him. It 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 is it is. Uh, it's uh, so tiresome guy. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how how Hodlonath is hodling up. <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a while. I sent him a message like a week ago or two, but mm. uh, I need to talk to that guy and see how this thing is going. 
It's a maximum a month, I think, at least on uh, when we're recording, mm-hmm. when uh, the judgment will come down. And, you know, the funny thing is we have all this this um, thinking stuff, right, this philosophy bit, and then the the part that is, is real and, and has uh, real-life effects, uh, it, it, this, this, this trial is, um, is going to, the judgment of this trial is going to have some real world effects hopefully positive ones yeah but i thought about it and bitcoin can't lose this trial because hmm. uh let's say yeah it looks like hot or not will, will probably win this i think like the the case against uh, craig is, is is so much more <laughs> plausible than the case for him so like but but let, let's think about it by in binary terms um, if uh, Holdenot wins, it's a win for Bitcoin. It's a win for uh, truth. It's a win for everything good in the world, right? Yeah. If if uh, <laughs> the only person on Earth that isn't Satoshi Nakamoto wins, uh, then it's a perfect... Uh, illumination of how corrupt are uh, that system is like that mm-hmm. some billionaire from another country can can claim that it can claim to be someone without proving evidence and then uh and then winning court for uh, against a guy that all he did was just pointing out that this guy is a fraud uh, uh, so, so in that case, Hodlonot becomes the ultimate martyr. Mm. Uh, uh, so, so he's a martyr in, in, in for for Bitcoin, and uh, there there will be. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that that will be good for Bitcoin too. It wouldn't be good for my friend, but it would be good for Bitcoin. So, like, I I don't think there's any scenario in which Bitcoin loses this, and like, mm. I. No one will buy that. Uh, uh, I mean, no further evidence will be on the table that that Craig is Satoshi. That that's just not happening. Like because he has no proof. Uh, if he had, he would like uh, have shown it to the world by this point. So there's nothing like that. So uh, yeah, uh, I think Bitcoin wins regardless. And uh, yeah, I I I just hope that. Uh, Honda not can get this out of his life and and start focusing on other things again because it's it's so unfair. He, yeah, he's a very good friend and one of the mm. best best people in Bitcoin. Um, best people, one of the best people I've met, I guess. I mean, what a guy taking this fight! Uh, oh yeah, it's just incredible. Admirable, absolutely incredible. Definitely a good word for that. And if, for anyone not aware, I think that. The central argument that Craig Wright uses is basically he doesn't need to sign, and he's using people around him as proof instead. Which but is- the, well, it, the, this is where it falls apart, right? Is is that is that by signing that would solve everything? Every, all the doubt would go away if it was actually done the right way, you know? Yeah. So it, it's it's like. It's the easiest thing in the world to prove, because all you need to do is sign those fucking 
sign a transaction from one of those addresses and you prove that you're Satoshi. That's, it's so easy. And it still works with exactly what he's claiming because the, the point he, he makes is that just because you can sign something that doesn't actually prove your identity, so people prove your identity. But if he's going and doing all of this people proving identity thing and does the signing on top of it, well, then you get both. So why not just sign the thing? Yeah, the thing you prove by signing is that you're in possession of Satoshi's keys. And if you are Satoshi, and if you want to prove to the world that you are Satoshi, it's the quickest way to get everyone in the world on your side. Like, and the, the funny thing is, is that if, even if, if you're he, if not he did Satoshi, that. You, you're in possession of Satoshi's keys. So Sato yeah. you must have been important to Satoshi's life somehow. So, well, and then the thing is, I think if it if that happened tomorrow, if, and if if it was legit, I mean, that would set the community completely afire. But uh, well, I, I think I think there would have to be some soul searching and and legitimately look at the possibility. But I I don't believe that will ever happen. Uh, no, if it could have happened, it would have happened the already. I mean, yeah. the easy explanation. It's simply that this guy is not Satoshi. <laughs> He's just a liar. Uh, and the, you know the <laughs> thing the thing about that too is that this is the reason why all the Satoshi identity stuff is important is is that it means that no individual can claim ownership over Bitcoin by by means of things like patenting because that's all also what what Craig Wright is is doing and Calvin Air also by by extension and it's 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 trying to take control over the discovery and yeah satoshi whoever satoshi maybe has the uh, made the discovery and of course acknowledgement there of course but the effects of bitcoin owning that it just it feels it feels as crazy as owning water owning air things like that and i and i use that specifically because companies yeah. try to do that but you know yeah uh yeah they're trying to make it a scarce resource bitcoin is actually a scarce resource but uh, anyway uh would, would your uh would how you see bitcoin change if it turned out that craig was satoshi like this is uh i mean to me, it's so obvious that that isn't just the fact that he sometimes refers to Satoshi's works. And like the the first time I read that, like, but you just said you wrote that. Like, <laughs> you can't. So funny. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's kind of obvious that isn't. But but let's play with this this idea that he somehow he was Satoshi all along, and it turns out this this asshole is Satoshi and. Mm. Uh, he just signed the transactions. All right, he's Satoshi. So what? Well, as, like to me, that just means okay. He has a shit ton of a shit ton of, ton of money. He had a shit ton of, ton of money before. Like that that didn't change my life, did it? And like, is the Bitcoin community going to listen to that clown like going forward, even if he is Satoshi? I wouldn't. I'll, I'll. I would stick to Bitcoin, but I wouldn't worry about what whatever that guy said. I don't. I don't care. 
Like, I don't care what some of the other people that were early in Bitcoin say about it now. Like, uh, uh, why would I? I wouldn't listen. I, I, I don't give a I don't don't give a crap about what Gavin Andreessen says about Bitcoin at this point. Like, there there have been so many examples of people, not only developers or like early cypherpunks, but but even further than that, like people who were um, Bitcoin proponents at an early stage. Uh, the, the obvious example is Roger Veer, but 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 so many others as well. Mm. Have, uh, some time passes, and all of a sudden, uh, they become shitcoiners because the the bag of money in front of their eyes is too big. Like I could just go shitcoin and make make a whole lot of money faster than doing this because I have an audience and I can fool people e easily. Or maybe they just lost their Bitcoin somehow and now they need to make all that money back and they double down on some, some stupid thing. But there are so many examples of that. Like greed is a a brutal force and it can it can change people for the worse. Uh, and it's sad to see. But like I know that like my journey in this uh, because I get these offers of uh, a bag of cash in front of my eyes every now and then too. I get in my yeah, I'm sure in, on Telegram and in my DMs on Twitter. Like, how would you like to promote our shitcoin? We'll give you this and that. And even even when I promote Bitcoin companies, it's it's a tricky uh, labyrinth there too. It's like a, a tricky thing to do because you don't know. Companies are run by people, and sooner or later, they may become corrupt. Like, I used to recommend the blockchain.info wallet to people mm. back in the day, like in 16 and 2015, 16, 17. Like. But then they, they turned to a complete shitcoin casino and a shit show and a, a, a lousy app that is very hard to use. So, like... But I recommended them to people, and it's it's sort of sad. Like my, I think many of those people don't even know how to access their bitcoins any longer, and mm. which are probably worth a lot more. So, so like this is the thing with this space; it's very hard to navigate. And uh, but what I know is like what I have is what uh, this phrase from Tony Montana in Scarface: like all I have is my word and my balls, and I don't break them for no one. <laughs> And I, I, I try to 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 live by that when navigating my, my own Bitcoin career because like if if I stick to my guns and uh, uh, you know do this for the right reasons so that people can trust me that I'm 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 saying these things not because I'm getting shit rich off of it <laughs> at all I'm. I, <laughs> Uh, I'm doing this for integrity and for my children and for like uh, I I truly believe in us in sound money for the future and the, like like the Bitcoin is the best thing we've got so it's a fight worth fighting it's a yeah it's a hill worth dying on and there are there are so many bad hill to die on pickers out there like that 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 thing between Eric Wall and and the and Sailor. Week. Oh yeah, hilarious! I, I mean, come on, dude. There are other hills to die on. 
why do you need to die on this one? Why do you need to accuse this guy of never having used the lightning network? It's fucking easy to use the lightning network. You don't need to like, yeah, yeah. I th I, I think it's so weird. Like, wh why is it picking that fight? I, I, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like seeing things where mm, people try to um, do stuff like that just for engagement or. Um, well, there there was a company, and and I don't want to give them any extra um, uh, heat or anything like this, but the, but that tried to apparently is filing a trademark for the term Bitcoin Standard, and it's and it's like I I don't care what you think about Safe as a person, uh, that book is is fantastically influential, and and any try to to take any kind of clout from that that just does not uh, doesn't work for me, but. Yeah, I, I think, uh, as you say, about companies are run by people. If we try to find the people, the right people, surround ourselves with people who are doing interesting things, good things, and work together on that, well, then I think the right companies just emerge, right? And and now I think, uh, e even in briefly, only being out to Riga and and now freshly I've been out to a, a small local meetup that I hope uh, turns into some good things but it's it's all this it's this connection the the connections that we're making um that I'm so excited about and uh, the people that we've we've had on the show and and that starting to know personally and all this that the, these are the ideas and the initiatives that I think we're going to be worthwhile so i'm i'm trusting that uh, that you're not uh, going to to go with uh, and make some knut coin because there's a nice ring to that but uh, i i trust you're you're not going for that but but anyway i in terms of the the projects and and things like this that are are going on uh, i know there's a there's a few things uh developing and even uh, some uh, maybe announcements are coming up uh, related to this uh, madeira thing is there anything you'd like to preview or talk about uh, relating to those? So as to what is happening in Madeira? Yeah, or anything else uh, going yeah. on in the next uh, month or so here. Yeah, we're, we're announcing this organization that we started a couple of months back in, in Amsterdam then. Uh, so uh, so we're, we're getting 51% uh, funded from private companies and 49% from the Madeiran government. Uh, and we're, we're not raising that much money because we're really just a group of enthusiasts that are trying to orange pill the island and get Bitcoiners and Bitcoin companies to the island, which is what the government wants. Uh, Madeira is a semi-autonomous region of Europe. like it's, it's called an outermost region of the EU, mm. uh, which gives it a, a couple of benefits uh, tax-wise and so on. So it will be easier for Bitcoiners to thrive there than in other places in Europe. And we're this group, the the Free Madeira group. Um, Free Madeira is an abbreviation for. Uh, let me see here. So it's called the Forum Re Forum Regional Educao Economica, so Forum Re Regional Forum for e Economical Education. Okay. Great. Uh, because that's what it is. It's uh, economical education. It's not Bitcoin education. And um, what. We're trying to shield this off, like, and 
keep the shitcoin companies off the island and uh, promote Bitcoin. That's that's what this organization is all about, and trying to help uh, the the Madeiran government uh, navigate these waters. And I know, like by by associating myself to an organization like this, I'm going to get flack from the Bitcoin community for working with the government, and I'm going to get flack from the from the governments for using Bitcoin, so <laughs> which is already happening. So, so, uh, but the way I I uh, defend the decision to myself and like what what I think is like we're we're living through hyper Bitcoinization regardless, uh, and we can either either we can t- try to make the transition a smooth one or a, a violent one, and I think this organization that is what it does. It's making the transition smoother, and it's helping helping Madeirans uh, and people around the world that want to want to live in a paradise island and be able to use Bitcoin. So their yeah, plan is uh, make it sustain- self-sustainable within two years, um, put up a couple of Bitcoin ATMs on the island, uh, help Madeirans that have relatives abroad to send money abroad. There are like uh, more than a million descendants of Madeirans in Venezuela, for instance. I had no clue about that before, but wow. apparently that's a big use case, the remittances use case. Uh, and uh, we're, you know, educating retailers and making everyone uh, accept Bitcoin. Uh, so so uh, we're, we're doing a push here to, to orange pillify the island. Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure the entire journey so, and and, uh, and who is uh who's involved with this project well who's, uh, who's uh, publicly i guess associated with it the uh, there's a governance board and uh an advisory board and on the governance board is andre loja the uh, andre Lorja, the <laughs> that's the correct pronunciation uh, uh who's the the native madeiran who um who, who started the whole thing he brought the the president, President Miguel Albuquerque, to to Miami last spring, where he was properly orange pilled by Michael Saylor in Michael Saylor's garden, <laughs> uh, and then I'm on that board too, on the governance board, and Daniel Prince, Nico Lamanen, you know, from uh, our old friend from the pod. Of so uh, uh, yeah, and we had Daniel on the last week. He talked a bit about this too, and there are three. Uh, other Madeirans, Paulo Vieira, Lucinda Castro, and Paulo Pereira, uh, that, uh, and they're not really known in the Bitcoin space, uh, but they, they've been working with Andre before for his co-working space and so on in, in uh, uh, on the island there. I I don't really know the entire story there, but then there's a, the advisory board, and these are the people that that were on Madeira uh, in June. And it consists of uh, Jeff Booth, Greg Foss, uh, Lawrence Leopard, uh, Lawrence Lepard. He's not a leopard; he's a leopard. Uh, <laughs> Obin Wusu, uh, Troy Cross, Samson Mao, Christian Ander, Peter Young, Pleb Music, Aaron Mackey, uh, Joseph Hall, and Rob Brinded, who was on the show uh, two weeks uh, or four weeks ago, I guess, at this point. So that's that's the uh, advisory board as of now. Uh, I guess we'll have more people on that board at one point. 
it's not uh, it's not a um, static board. Uh, it will be dynamic, um, but um, we're trying to do do good things there, and we're trying to raise some money for this thing. Uh, private investors. Uh, uh, which which has turned out to be pretty hard since we have very little to offer in return except just yeah you're helping a non-profit on mm. on the island of Madeira to to make this thing happen uh, but we won't be like prioritizing one company over another or or things like that we uh, we're, we're we're trying to do this the right way from the beginning so uh, very excited for that and uh, very excited to go back to Madeira now in November and. Uh, uh yeah maybe maybe even show the website to the president at that point yeah it's great and and you know i i think the the reason i i mentioned that the people right is that uh, the there's so many great names involved in in this project and i i think the there's all the potential here and uh fantastic to hear that something like this is is going on and hopefully it's a great bl blueprint for for some of the other um localities around the world to start following uh, something similar and building these sorts of movements yeah and that, that's sort of the bigger picture here and the bigger point we're trying to set set an example for the rest of the world like this is not impossible you can actually do this you can just uh, yeah you, we don't have to make this a fight we could we could be working together here uh and for me of course it's it's just been a I, I feel like I've just been, you know, hopping from one banana skid to another and ending up in this fantastic organization with all of these people. It's like, to me, it's really a dream team to be working with these people. It's it's, it's just, yeah, I love it, of course. Uh, and, you know, see where, where life can take, uh, where life can take you if you just, you know, do something you're passionate about. Uh, so, so I would encourage anyone that has the drive to do something creative with their lives to to not be afraid. I think people in general overestimate the risks involved in doing something that is slightly out of the box, and they don't see the risk with just staying in your fiat job and be stuck in a hamster's wheel for the rest of your life. Because if there's anything that will make you a bitter old man, is if you never tried. Uh, so uh, I, ch I I choose to try, <laughs> and I choose to to uh, to try to do something, not only for myself but for my children and for the world. Um, that that sounds shit pretentious, I know, but I'm fortunate enough to be in this position, and I'm gonna embrace all of it and just enjoy the ride. That's great. Uh, sounds fantastic. And uh, I'm sure there will be more discussion about this uh, uh, in your panel at Amsterdam, uh, which will on airing have, have already taken place. So um, hopefully we'll have some, um, some good links and maybe even a link to the, to that discussion that we can put in the show notes here. So yeah, you, you can put the uh, free free Madeira.com. That's the, uh, the, the address to the website. So yeah. you can put that in the, in the show notes. Definitely. Yeah. Perfect. Definitely confirm all the, I'll confirm all the details before, uh, before we go live. So yeah. 
And, well, hey, and, don't, and don't share that website until next week. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Until yeah. after Amsterdam. <laughs> of course, of course, exactly. And uh, no, um, so I, th I think this, um, uh, what we wanted to do here and what we've been wanting to do with, with Freedom Footprint is to um, put these ideas out there and, and, and grow the um, impact and reach that uh, Bitcoin is having on the world. And, and this absolutely sounds... Um, Right along with that, and uh, so I think now you're you're pretty much uh, at date of uh, recording. You're you're heading off on uh, your travels for the next uh, few weeks, right? So I think we'll probably um, connect again uh, for an episode near the end of this month, and uh, hopefully some great things to hear about at that point. Yeah, uh, we'll 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 talk again when when I'm on Madeira, I guess. And maybe before that, but not in in public. Like we'll we'll record an episode or two when when I'm on Madeira. Perfect. Sounds great. Well, I think um, I think we can probably um, call it for today. In that case, and uh, just a reminder that uh, this show is presented by Consensus Network. That is is uh, a starfish organization trying to bring Bitcoin books and Bitcoin content uh, to. To the world, and so Freedom Footprint is the uh, first for the content side of the network, at least in a couple of years for that. So happy to be a part of that. Um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at BTC Sudofin. Knut's Van Home is Knut's Van Home. Anything else you want to direct people to for today? Uh, yeah, Knutsvanholm.com. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, I, I just put the Element Zero video up there uh, today, so like everything is there. Uh, yeah, and see you on the road and and uh, see you online. Um, thanks for listening. And Sounds next, great. Yep. Next episode, we'll have a guest on, a proper guest. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Freedom Podcast.